Hey guys, this is Adam and I'm here with Coach Cat Peters. We're here for hey. another Mind Over Matter podcast. Today's going to be about all things post-show. Um, now that Thanksgiving's over, it's only a couple shows left, I think. Um, the Holiday Classic will be a big one. I'm sure there's others, but then we've got Masters Nationals and then uh, the National Championships, and that's pretty much it. So a lot of people are going through this, so we thought it'd be a really relevant topic to discuss. So, you know, last year was interesting because you did your show and yes. uh, battled prep through COVID. Yes. And then we knew we were we knew we were done after that. Like just pretty much, no matter what happened, it was a pretty grueling prep. It was extended. Um, and then, you know, just the availability to travel or the availability of shows potentially getting canceled. Um, you know, by the time we found that out, you were already so deep in, we just kept going with it. Um, how did you feel last, uh, last post-show after it being such a different prep? I honestly, I think because I've, I've had a lot of practice with, the. Uh post-show and like the, just the mental health side of things and the kind of know what to expect at this point that I don't want to say that it's like necessarily like an easy process. It's still hard no matter what, but I've had enough practice to know what to anticipate that it's like, I can kind of roll with the punches, even though it's not a pleasant thing to go through, but yeah. I see that you know, a, a lot of my clients and I know your clients as well. Um, it's a struggle. Like there's a lot of things post-show that people do not talk about that would be really beneficial for anyone getting into this, whether they're, you know, a first timer or someone that has been competing in a while, just to know, um, what's normal and what's not, and what's going to happen because there's so many components, physical, like mental, emotional, that like goes into post-show, Absolutely. You covered a ton there, a lot of good things. One thing that I'm glad you brought up was not knowing what to expect or this time around knowing what to expect. Yeah. And I've always told clients this, no matter how much we prepare for this, um, going through it is a completely different beast than actually talking about doing it. And I will tell people it's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest things, too, I think, is the shame um, that can come along with feeling like you're not successful or just making your first error. Um, likely, if you're a really good competitor, you've never been off track yet. <laughs> so that one time you do feels really crappy. And uh, there can be a lot of guilt. Um, there can be a lot of shame. It sounds silly, but sometimes people don't tell me or they don't want to tell me. Or they hang on to telling me and then they binge five more times after just having one. And uh, wow. then that perpetuates. So there definitely are a lot of, you know, physical, mental ramifications that happen post-show. Absolutely. And I think, you know, um, you know, a lot of that is, I would say it, it's, of course, it's a whole bunch of components that we just mentioned, but, you know, a lot of that does play into the whole post-show blues thing, you know, um, and 
So there's actually a name for this in psychology and it's not just for like competitors. You know, we call it post-show blues because we just did a show, it's relevant, but it's actually called post-project depression. Um, And it's something that happens to um, actors, writers, anybody that is going through something that kind of um, has this long process, this long journey, right? Like if you were writing a book or you were doing a film, for us, it's competition prep you know, this long, long journey, this huge buildup, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's done. And then that's it. There's no closure. There's no nothing. And so you just kind of feel lost. And it's not even necessarily like an outcome-based sort of thing, um, which I think a lot of people going into it might think like, oh, well, if I did better, I wouldn't have post-show blues. But I mean, I've had shows where I've done great and I've had shows where I've done terrible. And I've (laughs) always had post-show blues because it's that post-project depression. It's that abrupt end, um, you know, and it can be really hard for people to figure out how to pull themselves out of that, you know? So, I mean, I know I have the things that I like to do with my clients to kind of help them, but I would love to hear what you do with your clients or things that you recommend to kind of help them to refocus. Cause I think that'd be really beneficial for our listeners. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, I, I love that you brought up the post-project thing, because um, that's huge. Um, I don't want to say post-show blues was my idea, but it was something that I definitely generated. I'd never really seen anyone post about it until I came up with my posts a few years ago. Not to say that someone else didn't post about it, but one of the reasons I really heavily thought about that was my wife mentioned feeling that way after our wedding. And uh, I was like, I've heard of post-wedding blues all the time, um, post-vacation blues. So I was like, the same thing definitely applies to shows. So, you know, that idea kind of stemmed from that. And I think one of the biggest things is whether it's a wedding, whether it's a show or a project, is a lot of us that get into competing just need that next thing, that thing that we're going to chase. So setting another goal is definitely really important. One of the things I like to do is photo shoots or have clients do photo shoots because that really helps them set focus on at least maintaining a a decent weight post-show for the first few weeks, first few months. Um, And then from there, you know, set some other goals along the way, whether it's strength training goals. Some people do fine post-show, but I think a lot of people could transition easier Um, Even if they seem fine, sometimes they're just not or they're not talking about things. So setting goals, I think, is one of the most important things. Uh, Also, just really emphasizing that your hunger cues are going to be so messed up. So one of the biggest things I tell people is always remember that you're eating more than what you were four weeks ago. So when you're hungry and when this is hard, Just remember, well, I got through this intake, you know, three or four weeks ago. So there shouldn't be an issue with this one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a huge point to bring up um, with post-show blues is really having that next game plan, Um, whether, you know, it is committing to a photo shoot or some other type of competition. You know, I know some people like to go into like a Spartan race or powerlifting or whatever, like deeper into their off season. Um, But I definitely, I try to do some of that as well. Um, Usually with 
having like a meeting with my clients to kind of sit down and go over, like once we get judge feedback to give them that closure for the last season and then start figuring out like tentatively, how's our off season? How long is that going to be? You know, when are we going to start prep just so that they have like something tangible of like, here's a deadline coming up, you know, give them that, that like a roadmap and that closure. Cause really um, with all post-project depression. Um, that is something that's supposed to help is having a plan um, and doing something to kind of commemorate the end of whatever that that project was that ended so that you can kind of have that sense of closure and wrapping it up. Um, but yeah, I the wonderful strategies as to, to I like the photo shoot idea. I haven't done that. And I, I definitely am going to steal that one from you. It, it's definitely great, especially for you. You know, Zach's so good with the camera. I feel like he's done a wonderful job at, like, you probably have a lot of content from your shows just with Zach following you around with the camera. He's really good with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't let him. I'm pretty grumpy on show days. So, <laughs> but um, for anybody else, he has plenty of content. Um, I'm the one that is probably the hardest to get pictures of, even though I'm right there because I am a spaz on show day. So, <laughs> do you not like having pictures of yourself often? Um, I mean, it's not so much that. It's just that, like, I on show day, I'm just so high strung that like, I don't, it it bothers me to have somebody like watching me and like, and I'm literally running around like a chicken with my head cut off, like trying to just do things and I'm frazzled and I can't remember what I'm doing. And so it's like having somebody in the way, (laughs) I'm just like, I'm not pleasant. (laughs) Cause at that point, they're not really helping you for something that's valuable to you right then. So that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think the same thing. I, I don't, my mom, you know, when she came to one of my shows, she wanted so many pictures. And I was like, I'm just like, really not the time or don't really need this. So right. um, plus they would have been so grainy back when I competed. Not because, <laughs> I mean, my conditioning was grainy, but the camera back then was uh, yeah. not the best camera in the world. <laughs> Yeah, I got you. I got you. I do want to, um, just cause we're going into to post show. I want to like, I want to hit it all. Um, I like that. I definitely do want to circle back a little bit to what you were mentioning about, like the physiological side of post show, because, um, you know, obviously you talk a lot about, um, hormones and all that good stuff. And I think it might be worth mentioning, you know, what kind of happens after, a show, um, when we're bringing that intake up and how that can result in those, you know, wonky hunger cues that are really hard to navigate as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as leptin and ghrelin increase, you get so damn hungry (laughs) and uh, (laughs) yeah, it, it really is different. Um, sometimes you lose body fat too. And, uh, that's something that we shouldn't ignore, but as you're increasing that intake, uh, sometimes you might need a little bit more protein or a little bit more fat. I know a lot of coaches are really big on bringing up carbs post-show, and most of the time we are too, but you are going to have those tendencies where some people may just need some fats and you purposely try to put some body fat on them just so they're they're kind of 
not burning through that food all the time because you can sometimes make a small enough carb mood and move and their their met rate just picks up with it and then they're down two pounds next week and then you're like oh yeah you are even though you're eating more it's like you're eating less with how you're processing it so that's where you need to jump on that bandwagon and uh, really bump up food and for that reason, more so, so you don't set the client up for failure too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That can make it really difficult. You know, those, those hunger cues of just being so like ravenous after a show. And then, you know, obviously things are not, we want them to be structured, but you know, when you don't have that hard deadline of a show, we all know people get a little bit looser with their tracking, you know, a little bit more indulgent, um, which, you know, totally fine with some structure. Um, but it is sometimes walking that fine line. And I see this a lot, especially with my first time competitors. Um, I've been through it myself where even though you're trying to maintain that structure, it's just having dieted for so long, you now are just like, it's like, you know, the, the chains are off, right? You're like, okay, let's do this. You know, now I'm going to have this and this and this, and you want everything because of that psychological uh, restriction. And it's kind of like, there's that physical hunger as well, because of hormones increasing and food increasing, but then there's that psychological hunger and they just kind of team up into this awful monster that you just are having a heck of a time trying to navigate, Um, And so sometimes I find myself with clients that are struggling to just kind of pull back a little bit and do a little bit more of a looser tracking strategy, just so that they can incorporate those foods that they are, you know, binging on or overindulging with so that they don't have to be as like macro focused after having to just have the blinders on for so long. If, if that's beneficial to that client, of course, it varies person to person, but Yeah, that's a great example. I love that you tied in the psychology behind it. Um, One thing I'll simply say to clients, you know, um, if you think you need that food, you know, if you think you're that hungry, we may need a change in plan, or we may need a change in thinking. And it just really depends on how the data is looking. And, uh, you know, as long as clients are honest, we can work through pretty much anything. And um, the nice thing about working with us is everything stays behind closed doors. So, you know, we're not going to expose our clients if they're not doing great on their reverse. I mean, I blew my first reverse. I went to Vegas the week after my show. And I mean, I said I was going to get on track after Vegas and I was so far gone that it it doesn't make it right but I was up probably 20 pounds post-show and then uh, I just felt like there was no return after that I definitely wasn't going to diet again I actually tried and then it obviously wasn't low enough and uh, weight didn't really move so I was like I'm just gonna try to cause as little damage as possible on the way up I basically had two preps that were uh about the same, about the same amount of weight loss. And then by the last time I competed, I'd stayed a little bit leaner in the off season. Sometimes you just have to learn the hard way. Um, I definitely did. I like food a lot and I, I needed to learn that hard lesson to say, Hey, like definitely reverse diet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, um, 
I mean, that's another important part to mention as well is that, you know, I mean, unfortunately, when you've been deep in a prep, you can do a lot of damage in a week. And a lot of us have learned that the hard way. You can do a damage in a, a lot of damage in a weekend. I've been there. Yeah. Um, I can eat as much as my husband and he's a big guy. So, I mean, I get it. But I think, you know, and it, it is one of those things that people sometimes have to learn the hard way. But I do try to warn my clients that like, you know, be careful because it's kind of a trap, right? You know, if you start, doing a lot of damage in a weekend. Um, and then you look at yourself and then you step on the scale and you go, Oh, well, I've already gone this far. So what's the point? And right. then you get into that hitting the, uh, I, I'll, you know, censor myself hitting the effort button, so to speak is what I say it, um, where you're like, well, I've already done it. So let's just put the nail in the coffin and keep on going because I don't like the way that I look, but you know, Oreos make me happy. So I'm just going to go and eat an entire container of Oreos. Um, and yeah. so you have to be really careful about that. And you have to kind of talk yourself off the ledge that, you know, obviously if like even just a post-show meal, right. People will overdo it after a post-show meal, wake up super bloated and watery and not look their best and then get in their head and think that that's like the locked in permanent physique from now on. Um, and you have to keep in mind that if you've overindulged, like Obviously, some of it's going to be spillover, some of it's going to be body fat, um, but it's not going to be a true representation of how you're going to look. So don't don't solidify that. Don't lock that in. Like, give yourself some space to get back on the plan. Start over. Don't restrict. We don't want to do the binge restrict thing. That's that's a, an ugly road to walk down. Um, yeah. And just keep rolling with it. You got to just, you know, get in your groove and and work through it. Absolutely. You know, one thing that uh, I like to talk to my clients about is getting away from tracking a little bit in an off season, but not completely. Yeah. So typically I like to have them around two or three days off from tracking a week. And um, I think that that really eliminates burnout potential. And, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to address too, you'll have like people on the other end of the spectrum saying like, if you track your macros all the time, it's an eating disorder, which is, I always hate that. Cause I'm like, I look at my speedometer every day when I drive and it's not a disorder. It's just what I do to keep safe. Um, it's just like if a runner chooses to time themselves or not, are you a performance athlete trying to get better? You probably should have some sort of tracking measure and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people sometimes uh, like to throw like the, they have a problem because they're doing something I couldn't do and tracking in the off season does become much harder as the show's not there and as you do it longer. So I think giving people some freedom um, not only allows them to feel better, but uh, it also allows them to progress towards a goal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that freedom is huge, you know, in an off season, I'm, I'm the same way I'm, I track all the time. Um, and my reasoning is just that I'm trying to build muscle and let's be real protein is not the most appetizing thing and carbs and fat are. And so yeah. if I give myself the freedom, which macro is not going to be hit that day protein. Um, so that's why I'm a, I'm a tracker like all year round, but, um, I definitely do believe in having that freedom. And like, for me, 
sometimes I'll have an entire off season where I'm just tracking protein and calories, you know, just so that I can. And, and most of the time it ends up falling within a macro range I would have given myself anyway, but that way, when you're having those days where you're just like, I need to cope with food or this sounds really good. You know, I can just go and do that and not think twice about it, have the freedom, but still have parameters so that I'm not just like, you know, blowing it out of the water. Yeah. And that's just a great form of diet auto regulation, which we could actually even say that's mental auto regulation as well, because you, you are succumbing to, you know, a temptation, but it's also within reason. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think we all make those kinds of decisions all the time, you know, like I speed in my car sometimes, but I also make sure I'm not doing it on curves that say 35 miles an hour. Like that's a little bit more dangerous territory. So I think that's great. You're like, you know what, I'm not going to hit, you know, fats and carbs very accurately. I'm going to keep my protein here. So I know I at least hit that but hit the same amount of calories for the day that I normally would. And uh, let probably what happens is your fats go way up and your carbs go down. That's usually what happens to me when I do that. Um, I know that won't be the case for everyone. You might see some people just slamming the carbs 24 seven with no fats, but I know for me, my fats usually go up if I just count calories versus anything else. So I'm like you, my protein will naturally go down. I just get kind of tired of eating meats all the time. Yeah, that's, yeah, that it's the same way for me. You know, it's just like, I, that's the one that I'll neglect. If I don't have that in there, um, it's just not, I'm just not going to intake enough, you know, so that that way I'm still giving myself, um, you know, that room for indulgence if I want it. Um, but then we're still having at least enough, the pro- at least enough protein to be conducive to what my goal would be. Um, and actually every time that I've had a rough reverse or like a rough off season where, um, I struggled with binging or overeating and really getting back in my routine, I've always found that if I just pull back and do it that way and just track calories and protein, um, it's enough freedom that it kind of it helps to get rid of the urge of like, this is this special food I can never have. Cause now you mm-hmm. can have it. Now you can have it all the time. Um, and there's actually been a lot of really interesting studies with mice about, you know, certain foods. If, if a, a mouse study old study, but there was a study on binge eating with mice and I can't remember the food that they used. Um, but there was, you know, the one group of mice that they didn't give this particular sweet food to. Um, and when they would expose them to it, they would completely just overeat it. And then the mice that had a little bit of that sweet food every day, they didn't care, you know, it wasn't as big of a deal. So I have found that for me, um, that actually works. If I can just have what I need to have, it's no longer this pedestal food is what Mm -hmm. I would refer to it as. Um, it's not special anymore. Now you don't have that craving of like, let me just eat ice cream all day. Let me just eat cookies all day. Cause you can have them now. They're not special, you know, absolutely. That helps. I do think if you go into prep with a flexible approach, you're going to come out of it much better for the most part. Absolutely. Definitely pros and cons, but I would say in most cases, in most situations, it's all pros. If you get people that are really sensitive digestively, 
they might have a limited supply. But now there's so many options out there that you can find like low FODMAP anything just about. <laughs> so it's yeah. pretty cool to see how everything's evolved to make things easier for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's why I'm such a huge advocate of flexible dieting. Um, because I do have clients come to me sometimes and they're like, Oh, like, you know, I really want a meal plan. And granted, I will do that if a client really wants it, but I give them, I give them the pros and cons because at the end of the day, um, I have done a lot of reading up on, you know, eating disorders, specifically binge eating disorder, um, wrote a whole bunch of call of papers in uh, grad school for it. And so, you know, restriction tends to contribute very, very largely to that. And so sometimes having that flexibility, even with macros, because it is just structure, um, can really, really help fight those tendencies of, of overdoing it when, you know, you're off plan. It really can. I have a funny story about that. I won't say the client's name because I don't think she'll want me to, <laughs> but uh, she she just started back up um, four weeks ago and uh, she had sent me a message through Instagram. Actually, she was like, you know, I told you I'd be starting up around this time, but she's like, I think I'm going to go with someone who does meal plans. <laughs> and I said, well, if you really wanted, I'd do a meal plan for you. She's like, really? I, I said, yeah, of course. Like, I want to keep you. We had a great season together. If you think you want to do meal plans, that's fine. She got till Wednesday and, and she said, you know, I was out of this food. So I just flexibly hit it with my numbers. And she's like, actually, like, sorry for the bother. Can we just do macro? again and she's like I don't know why I think I wanted a meal plan and I was like hey you know like if you find out it's not for you that's fine and I said if you want to go back to it we can also so yeah absolutely yeah that's the other thing that gets really hard is if you run out of a certain food like no one wants to live in the grocery store. So, you know, I personally hate grocery shopping. I'm exact do all of that. Um but you don't want to have to run back to the store because you're out of potatoes or you're out of, you know, egg whites. So at least with macros, you can kind of just juggle it and figure it out and still be, you know, working towards your goal. Absolutely. I can't think of anything else we should add to that. I think that, uh, do you have anything else? I think so. Well, if you guys have any questions or if you guys, we have a lot of listeners already. If you guys want us to discuss anything, um, you know, specific, we, we would love to listen to our audience. So um, thank you guys for joining us and we'll see you next week. Bye guys. <laughs>